everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. On today's episode, we're going to begin an exploration of holiness. We're going to talk about what it is not and the ways that it's been misused. If I were you and I started to listen to a podcast episode and the person talking said they were going to be doing a podcast on holiness, I might turn it off. I'll just be honest. My experience with the word holiness and the Christianese way that has been used is not positive. And maybe you're like me. When I think back to my days in the cultic organization, holiness meant set apart, which is true. That's what it really does mean. But then set apart looked like follow these rules. So set apart looked like basically looked very strange and awkward and weird and do things that aren't normal. Set apart, holy, meant that girls wore skirts and long hair and didn't go to college. It meant that you had huge families and homeschooled and didn't go to normal churches. It meant that you didn't listen to rock music and you didn't go to the movies or watch anything that was more than PG. It meant there was no drums in any of your music. And I could go on and on and on. Holiness, or being set apart, meant that you followed the rules, that you looked a certain way that you did certain things, that you fit in, or that you didn't fit in from the world. Basically, you stood out. And so holiness kind of got screwed up for me. But it doesn't really stop there because over the years, I've experienced other people talking about holiness, and it was almost still the same thing. I've listened to video series by different pastors or gone through Bible studies, and holiness was once again, if you were being to be holy and you were set apart, that it meant you didn't do these things. And you did do these things. And so I just find myself reacting to this concept. And yet at the same time, it's very, very clear in scripture that God wants us to be holy as he is holy. So what does that look like? What does he want from us? Jesus is so, so clear in his conversations with the Pharisees and the sinners that it was never about those outward righteous actions that people who were doing all the right things were still lost, and that people who were a broken mess were able to be found and saved. So what does holiness look like? What does it mean? And as I've struggled with this over the years, there's other phrases that I've also struggled with, because the Bible is, the Bible is clear that we're supposed to be pursuing holiness, and also clear that it's not about religious works. So if it's not about religious works, then what is it about? And those are the questions I keep asking myself. And I struggle with phrases. I struggle with motivations. I react to people telling me things to um, be like Jesus, follow Jesus, because Jesus came to be an example for us. And I'm like, no, Jesus didn't come just to be an example. Jesus came to show us the Father. He came to be our Savior. He came to make a way back to a relationship with God. Was he an example? Sure. But it wasn't the example that we're just supposed to imitate. I struggle with people motivating me to be holy or set apart or follow Jesus because of judgment. I have heard this so many times over my, over the years of life in the church or gosh, all throughout Christianity. You need to be doing the right thing because someday there's going to be a judgment. 
because someday you're going to stand before God because you want the good rewards and you don't want the punishment. And I just don't think that's the right motivation for our behavior. It's so external. When I was a teacher, I don't know if you knew that, newsflash, I have a teaching degree, but I've never really used it. I taught for two years. Um, but when I was a teacher, one of the things they were talking about in my education classes was this intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. And extrinsic is the idea of if you do the right thing, you're going to get a Jolly Rancher or a sticker or whatever else. It's outward. You're looking for something that you're going to get versus intrinsic motivation is something that happens inside of you. You want to do it because you like how it feels. You want to do it because you like the result. It's this inner working thing in your heart. And I think that so often if we look at this whole idea of being motivated by judgment or by God's pleasure in us, which is the other one, it's almost like a negative and a positive. It's just extrinsic. It's this outward stuff. We're motivated by this outward thing. It has nothing to do with our own heart or in our own hearts at all. It's all about outwardness. I just, I struggle with that. I struggle with the idea of being holy and set apart because we're trying to be a good representative. Like, here, put this bumper sticker on you. You know, you're God's representative to the world. And I just, I don't think that's a good enough motivation to be holy. I don't think it's a good enough motivation to be set apart. And so I end up in this place of just struggle because the Bible is so clear. And a few weeks before everything went crazy with the coronavirus, and we all got stuck in our houses for over a month, um, I was really struggling with this. And I was planning on doing this series back then. But then everything went down and it just didn't seem right. But now, as we've all been sitting in our houses for a month and a half, um, I think we just are ready for this. We've we've seen our own selves. We've seen so many things. I feel like me, I just feel like I've been stripped of all the things that I thought I was good at and into and things that mattered. And I've just really seen myself in new ways. And it's been really good, humbling and hard, but really good. So I think we're at a place where we're ready for this, this talk about holiness now. So we'll see. But a few weeks ago, well, a few weeks before a month and a half ago, so it's probably about two months now, I was in my quiet time and I was reading in First Thessalonians. And this verse just jumped at me because I was having this conversation already in my mind. I was kind of planning on this podcast episode. And so as I was reading in First Thessalonians, it just jumped. It jumped at me. First Thessalonians 4 verse 1 says, Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus, that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, which you are doing, that you do so more and more. And I was like, oh no, there it is again. The idea that we're doing these things to please God, which is really what this whole idea is about. Think about holiness and being set apart and we're doing it in order to please God. And I was just like, here it is again. Like, I'm struggling with this. But then as you look at it and you think about it it's again, how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. What pleases God? What pleases God? And I think that I have it all mixed up in my mind. Because so often, in my mind, the God who is pleased is not the real God. I think I have this idea still from my legalistic background sometimes of God being almost like a judge. And he's sitting there in his seat with his black robes. And when he's pleased with me, it's almost like this condescending smile. Like, it's not a giant excited thing. It's like this, I'm pleased with you. 
you know, kind of like a, I don't know, aristocraticness to it. And I think that's why I was reacting to this whole idea of holiness and holiness pleasing God, because I was seeing it almost like if you do these right things, then you get this semi condescending smile from God the judge. But as I was talking to the Holy Spirit about this in my morning quiet time, like, look, here it is again. It says that doing the right thing pleases you because he's talking about how you ought to walk and to please God. So he's talking about doing the right thing and that that pleases you. I was like, what is this talking about? And in my mind, I got this image of not a judge, but a coach. And I got thinking about all these different times, whether it's in a movie or watching a a sports game, when you see this coach and the coach is like right there with them as they've practiced, as they've done workouts. And he's the kind of guy who's like, yeah, he's yelling in their ear and he's like getting after them. And he's like, but he's excited and he's with them. He's for them. And so that when he's like, you can do this, keep going, don't stop, you know, kind of a thing. And then when they win, yeah, I guess you could say he's pleased, but I wouldn't use the word pleased. I'd be like ecstatic. I mean, he's like jumping and freaking out and screaming and yelling and hugging people and smacking them and that kind of stuff. And suddenly I had this idea in my mind that the Holy Spirit is not this pleased judge with a condescending smile, but he's this wild and crazy ecstatic coach who's thrilled. And his pleasure isn't just this distant thing. It's this emotional, intense, warm embrace. And it just suddenly felt different and better. Because I think so many of us still have this idea of God being our judge. And he's distant and far away and he's condescending. And we've we've done enough to, okay, I guess we made him somewhat happy with us. I know I'm not the only person who feels that way sometimes. And even even as I sit here and tell you that's not who God is, I, I don't believe that it's who God is. Somehow that is still there in my idea of being holy, set apart, or doing things in a way that pleases God. But if instead we can just get rid of that and we can see this wild and crazy coach who's right there every step of the way, screaming encouragement and pushing us on and telling us that we can do it and pushing us farther than we think we can go and helping us to get stronger and more skilled and better at what we're doing. So that when we can win, he's just, he's beyond, he's beyond excited. He's pleased. His pleasure is for us. And as I was processing these mental images in my head, I was like, you know what? You think about in sports and how much glory the coach gets when his team wins. Like there's some coaches out there that are, they're famous. They're well known for the teams that they produce and the, the, the championships that they've won. And if Jesus is like that, then he's, he gets the glory. He gets the glory when we choose to please him and to walk in a way that's honoring and holy and whatever versus the please judge. And I was like, I wonder who, who gets the glory in our crazy images of who God is. And it's definitely not God. I don't think it's really people. I think we got to remember that we live in a spiritual world and there's evil forces at work. We have an enemy who does not want us to know who the real God is. And his biggest tactic is lies. He tells us all kinds of lies about God and about us and about what God wants from us. And it's just lies, lies, lies. 
And we have to be so aware, so aware of those lies. Next time I want to talk to you about some very special people that helped me to just see even more clearly this idea of holiness and being set apart and choosing to follow God and choosing to please him with our actions. And I'm super excited to talk to you about that because these people are not necessarily who you would expect in churchiosity, in Christianese world, to be the ones sharing this. And yet they are the ones who have made it just so clear to me what God really wants from us and how we can live in a way that pleases him. So I will show that with you next time. And until then, you keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.